Hello, and welcome to Previously On, a difficulty class podcast where we relax and talk about all the kick-ass games we're a part of. And that's it as far as an intro. <laughs> <laughs> that was what works. Um, yeah, you know. Uh, hey, listeners, uh, this is a new show that we're doing on Saturday mornings uh, where we're breaking out the How Are Your Games This Week into its own show because, well, one, we kind of put a weird thing into the show and we also wanted to actually like talk about our games instead of just trying to get through it real quick because I don't know about you, but I love hearing about people's games. I love hearing about Allie's games. I hope she loves about hearing about mine. (laughs) Yes. Um, and so, yeah, this is just really kind of a conversational show where we're just going to be talking about the games that we are either running or playing in and enjoying just talking about some, uh, some D and D and sometimes it might not even be D and D. We might talk about times where we play monster of the week with somebody whenever I have weird times free <laughs> that I don't, um, or anything else that might fall under, you know, the grand scope of RPGs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I, what I thought we would do for this first one, since, uh, it's been, you know, you even said this before, since it's been a while since we've talked about, you know, who we are as DMs and players and whatnot, we thought mm-hmm. we'd give a little kind of reintroduction to ourselves because who knows, you, this might be the first difficulty class thing you ever listened to, which is crazy. And I, I don't go listen to another episode first. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But also the groups that we are regularly playing with. There might be some others that come up throughout uh, the the series. But uh, yeah, Allie, who the hell are you? <laughs> oh, I'm going first. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Conversational and, and, and no show notes, so we're just we're just going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Allie Deitchman. I uh, have been playing D and D since like I graduated high school, like way back in 2011. So uh, Trevor actually introduced me to D anD D. He brought he busted out the red box. I still have that character sheet from said red box <laughs> <laughs> with the the terrible cleric with the it's a really bad drawing because I actually drew the picture. It was cute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I played four E for a good long time and then switched over to five E pretty much as soon as I could. Um, and then I've been DMing, oh gosh, for quite a while bit. now. Like, I, I yeah. want to say at least five years, more than that. I can't, I, I, what's oh, yeah, time? Because I, I was going to say it was, it, I think I feel like it was either, t- I think it was 2014. I want to say it was 2014 after one of our games stopped that we were both in, and I think you just picked up being DM. So I want to mm-hmm. say it was 2014. Oh yeah. Like, the first game I ever DM'd was a 4E game that that I was pretty proud of, I'll be honest. That was pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, I started regularly uh, DMing around 2014 or so. I think, yeah, that's a good timestamp. Um, <laughs> at least DMing my own game, <laughs> as opposed to just like a couple one shots here or there. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing D&D ever since. Like probably there's only been like two or three weeks where I didn't play D&D or a similar tabletop game since <laughs> like jeez yeah it's it's pretty much i'm a, I'm a weekly kind of player <laughs> and that goes for mm-hmm. anything <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, I have been playing since I God, you know what? Actually, I think it was also 2011. God, I got you in the the, the same year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my friend uh was wanting to play D D. My uh, other friend and I were very much against it, and then this other friend told my wife. Uh, that she could be a swashbuckler, and then she was sold. So we started playing D anD. D, and I was kind of like begrudgingly in on it. I was like, oh, "We're playing D anD. D. I don't really want to get in on this." And then I like something clicked. I actually it was it was one specific session where like all three of us cheered at the same time, and I went, "Oh shit, this is fun. This is fun." Uh, yeah, and then that friend that got us into it was out of town. We were house-sitting, and we wanted to play, but we didn't want to touch his books because that felt weird. So we bought the red box for 4th edition, and uh, then we were like, oh, shit, who's going to run it? And I went, I guess I will, and I've been DMing ever since. <laughs> um, I actually don't think I actually was a player in D&D again until... Maybe a year later, <laughs> I DM'd for a year straight. I'm like, no, I want, to, I just only DM. That's all I do. Um, and yeah, so I've been, I've been running games since 2011, which, oh my god, is almost 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Good lord. Um, and uh, you know, picked up some knowledge here and there. I've had some stumbles. Didn't you know, haven't had always the greatest of games, but my players seem to like them, so I'll keep doing them. Yeah. And I like doing it too. Um, so yeah, that that's a little bit of, of background on us uh and what i thought we would do here before we get into actually like the recap of the or the previously on as the show is called um talking about the main groups that we're currently playing with regularly yeah um you and i each have a weekly game that we dm and then we have a weekly game that we're both players in which is pathfinder so that's not even dnd so remember i said earlier it might not be dnd it's not because i <laughs> it's not uh <laughs> weekly pathfinder 2e game <laughs> yeah you know yeah um so um where, where, where do you want to start with those which one should we talk about um well i we've been talking about like what happened with your games this week on our regular podcast so to speak um and I think we should start with those two main groups. So, yeah. like, I'll talk about Neverwinter, and then you talk with the the Golden Pals and all that good stuff. Okay. Um, should I go first? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So, Neverwinter. Um, I call it the Neverwinter <laughs> group because I based the initial game off of the Neverwinter MMO <laughs> that's called Neverwinter. Um, Mm -hmm. and so we've kind of referenced it as that because of that fact, uh, also that the group's home base is in Neverwinter and they kind of go out from there. Um, the group currently is about four to five players, depending on availability and all that good stuff. Um, but regularly hundred percent four players and let's see where to start. There's Saphir the Rogue. Um, he's a rogue sorcerer because he had a run-in with the spell plague and it kind of sparked his magic. Um, Mm -hmm. there's Twyla the bard. Um, she's full bard. She has aspirations to become a god one day. That's legitimate. She wants to become a god. (laughs) She's making a cult as we speak. (laughs) Um, there's, uh, Roland the artificer, um, and cleric he's been he roland has gone through the most character change and yet the same character throughout the entire campaign because one he's an artificer (laughs) and so so he's got that anime character arc going (laughs) no no i mean like on paper character sheet character change (laughs) 
Oh, oh, okay. Because mm, we started him off as a cleric of knowledge, and that did not fit right with his character. And then the Artificer UA came out first one, and we're like, okay, Ooh. this doesn't feel good. And then the updated UA came out. We're like, oh, this feels a little bit better. And then two months into that, we're like, this isn't working. And so we rewrote the entire UA. And then two months after that, the actual version came out. <laughs> So, yeah, Spencer's gone through, like, four different character sheets for the same character. But, you know, that's D&D for you. Um, yeah. And then there's Bertram, who is the paladin sorcerer. Uh, he's the paladin to the Raven Queen. And uh, a lot of fun, like, shadow sorcerer, too. The whole party has a lot of fun with each other. Uh, we kind of constantly go back and forth because, like, Twyla and Roland are dating currently. Not in real life. <laughs> I'm currently <laughs> dating Spencer and Taylor, who is Twyla, is uh, has a husband who is not in this game. And so that's always we fun actually, to play. We did, a, we did a topic about that on the main show yeah. of, of romances and how that's that's just how the group works and it's been fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, whenever they get into like a whole date or something really cute and I'm, I'm just kind of like, because <sighs> it's so cute. <laughs> um, and let's see. Yeah, it's it's. If you've ever played Neverwinter MMO, the game started with them on the beach and they have to go stop Valindra from sieging the town and we kind You of straight up just there. used missions from it for a while. Like Oh yeah. I I always loved that. I thought that was a brilliant way of doing it and uh and getting your players to to go to new places and fight new things. Yeah, it was And they're great. still dealing dealing with Valindra, so. Yeah. Um <laughs> at this point because of how things have lined up, she was initially their like final boss, but because of events that have unfolded, she is no longer the big bad that they will finish the game with. And so She's I, the lesser of two evils. Yeah, she's like the level 18 finale. Not the level 20. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, currently they're all level, speaking of levels, they're all level 16. Um, I double checked. And they've played through every one of them. Yeah, we, uh, (laughs) we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that. And we we talked about that in this week's episode too. I did like half the campaign in, in XP leveling up. And so it was full on MMO. I'm like, yeah, if you d- yeah. you took out this many monsters, you guys went to this quest, you did this, and I was adding up the XP. And then as soon as we hit Storm King's Thunder, I was like, eh, milestone. <laughs> <laughs> just, eh, we're, we're done. We're switching over. Um, yep. No more. So now they're level 16. Um, they have plane shifted. There's a Twilight is an ambassador to a whole city. Um Roland is spell plagued. It's, it's a lot. It's, there's a lot going on right now with this game, mm-hmm. and I'm so excited about it. <laughs> it's always good to be excited about your games, oh, yeah. no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I said at one point that uh, I, I sometimes feel like a fan fiction writer for my group because I just love that group so much that I yes. just want to see them be awesome. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like uh, so. <laughs> Uh, uh, I was so, gonna say, um, you said fan fiction, and like our mm. group ships each other's characters for fun. It's great. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, I don't think I've told you this, but we've had like their you ship names. So like, uh, Roland and uh, Saphir are like the they're the bro ship because they're they're the bro ship. They're definitely best friends, but they could they're just like one kiss away from being romantic. <laughs> It's like it's like me watching Finn and, and Poe. Just, just, just do just it. Just, just kiss. Just, just, just 
Yeah, and, you guys are already hugging. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have a terrible ship name, um, Daddies, which is Bertram oh, and Zephyr. No. And it's like, there's no oh, reason, no. Uh, aside from that they're both dads, but... <laughs> uh. <laughs> but it would just be fun, because the Edgelord yeah. and the Edgelord together would just be cute. <laughs> oh my god, so many hot topic trips. Yes. <laughs> um... So my group is is the Golden Pals, and they've had that name since before we played the first session. I don't remember the exact series of events. We were doing session zero. Golden Girls got brought up, and <laughs> then we were talking about how we were doing Dragon Heist, and there was going to be gold there, and, I was, and someone was like, oh, we're the Golden Pals. And I was just like, you know what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, That's it. I love it. It's perfect. Um yeah, this group, uh, like like you were saying, yours uh, originally started with like the Neverwinter thing. Mine started with, I guess, what's called the Green Box, the the Lost Minds of Fendelver, and it was originally just there because two of my friends moved away recently, and um, uh, my sister had never played uh, a D and D before, and she lives far away. So I was like, hey, I've actually got a way to do online so let's just play and so we did and just like your group they have gone through every one of their levels uh we we are uh next month will be the two-year anniversary of starting that campaign and they are currently uh well the highest level is uh level 11 i believe i can't remember because i don't keep as well a track of that (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah so in that like the original four uh, was uh, Leah, who uh, my wife played, and she was a uh, drow sorcerer of darkness, and she had like this whole spooky prophecy about her and everything, and then it came to flourish, and at one point it was really cool. Um, there is uh, um, the uh, halfling bard named Violet, who my sister plays. Uh, there is a Goliath rogue named Uthal, who you'll hear a lot about through this show, I'm sure, because <laughs> he gets up to the most insane of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played by one of my friends. And then uh, there was uh, Herc, the half-orc cleric. And uh, w- w- like f- he fluctuated between being the leader and the, uh, and the I don't want to be a part of this group anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but since then, like I said, this has been over uh, almost two years now, so we have different players with us now, and we have different uh, levels in the group, because we're now into Descent into Avernus, mm-hmm. and so there's the original crew, which is at level 11, and then the new crew, which is Marcaeus and um, uh, uh, Cesar, who are uh, levels... We just got them to level 8, so they're oh, getting up there. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we got that there uh, this last week. Um, so, uh, like I said, I'm doing Descent into Avernus. So, I want to clear this up right now. This show is going to have spoilers in it uh, yes. for both Descent into Avernus and uh, for Pathfinder Curse of the Crimson Throne. Now, I understand not everybody likes spoilers, especially if you're a player and you haven't played it. I get that. I understand that. We will include time codes for these episodes so you can skip over it and listen to the parts that you want to and whatnot. Um, But because it's not part of the main show and because it's this fun extra thing, I felt like the spoilers were okay to do. And plus, if I couldn't do spoilers, my parts of the show would just be like, they did a cool thing at this place that I can't talk about. (laughs) Yeah. So... 
so we're 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 gonna go we're gonna go spoilery on this one. Um, if that upsets you, I apologize. We have a whole main show where we uh, stick pretty well on no spoilers. Uh, so uh, but yeah, I, I wanted I wanted to cover that uh real quick. Um, but yeah, so my group, the Golden Pals, have been going for almost two years now. Um, but our other group that we have that we play in is our Pathfinder Second Edition uh, yeah. game which uh, our friend Wiz runs. And uh, Wiz has been on the show uh, before. I, we, we love playing with her. We love talking with her. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that one is Curse the Crimson Throne. Uh, Wiz and her boyfriend are meticulously have converted <laughs> this adventure from 1st Edition Pathfinder to 2nd Edition. And yeah. I don't even want to think about that. I don't want to think about doing that. <laughs> it hurts my brain. There's so much math. <laughs> They they must be seeing the matrix code to do it, um, but uh, but yeah. So uh, why don't you, Ali? Why don't you talk about your and Spencer's characters first? Yeah, um, I play Vittoria Russo. Um, she is a native uh, to oh good lord, what is the city name? Corvosa. <laughs> Corvosa. Thank you. Hey. That's going to happen a lot on this uh, podcast, by the way. I'm going to be like, hmm, I forgot a very basic thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so she's a native to Corvosa. She's kind of from a rich family, but that's not good enough for her. So she liked to play a little thief on the side. And when that didn't work and she had to go straight, she played bard because she happened to be good at instruments um, to, you know, make legitimate money whatever that is and legitimate yeah. there were there were finger bunnies there yes um <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's a very neutral character she's very much in it in the long run for herself like oh yeah she's on the straight and narrow she's playing the cop because if she doesn't she won't get the inheritance from her family mm-hmm. she's not doing it necessarily because it's the right thing it's like oh you guys just murdered this person it's like how do you feel she's like well, it was necessary <laughs> So she doesn't have too many qualms about like doing anything too terribly, but mostly as long as she ends out okay, she's okay with it. Um, kind of on the opposite end of that is Sharondel, who is our champion. Um, he is a desert elf, and he traveled to Corvosa in search of a past lover and found out that she was totally murdered. <laughs> and, um. <laughs> Very sad moment. However, uh, he's kind of found a good group to uh, get to the bottom of how to how to deal with this with. And so he's he's been sticking around with us. He's a champion of uh, ooh, Shaylin. I remembered that one. Ah, Ha-ha. I was like, I don't think I know this. And then you said that. I went, I totally knew that. <laughs> Rainbow bird. <laughs> Rainbow Bird. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's all about like looking good and keeping stuff pretty. And he's this man has literally been like, hey, can you put this piece of art in your house so that way when we leave, it'll be safe? And I'm like, yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he, for sure, for he, sure. He commissioned someone who was accused of a huge crime to paint a painting. And she did. <laughs> <laughs> we still have that painting. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just because he loves art that much, um, and so he's he's having a good time. <laughs> what? A- yeah. Now you you're in a particular uh, situation because I remember last time that I think you were going to change out your character, right? I am, and that actually relates to the first part of it. Uh, so originally, when we started out, um, uh, both my wife and I were playing in it. 
Uh, she uh, was playing Ludia and I was playing Gedek. They were actually married like we are in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because I've totally heard people scoff at that before and we're like, we've always wanted to do it and we thought it was really cute. Okay. Um, and so we were playing that. She was a ranger. I was a rogue. And uh, we went about doing that. We had this backstory of it being tied into the the campaign where we both uh, had worked for like the first antagonist of the uh, of the adventure. Like she uh, had been like sold into uh, gladiator fighting. No, she wasn't sold into it. Was she, she was I can't an remember. orphan. It, I, she was like conscripted. That's right. She was conscripted into being a gladiator um, by this dude and basically learned how to fight that way. I was a thief, um, part of the thieves guild who started doing too many jobs for him and then ended up getting into debt with him. So uh, that's how we had met. And then we kind of just, join force to be like hey fuck you dude um and <laughs> so we, we were playing that for a while taris stepped away from it because she's taking a break from rpgs uh, which is i think a, a healthy thing to do for anyone if you're just feeling like it's not hitting you the way it used to uh, you know oh yeah pounding your head against the wall is not gonna make it better oh no um, like uh trevor and i have said this repeatedly before but number one rule you know like have fun if you're not having fun yeah. then feel free to remove yourself from the situation like and to, to be fair like like she was having fun it was just it wasn't hitting that spot that was helping her before like you yeah. know like a lot of us i know play D, uh, play rpgs for you know clearing our mind and everything like that and it was just kind of adding on to what was going on so she she stepped away from it and because of that it suddenly felt weird for me to just be playing the husband Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I I came to the decision that I was going to change characters, and so my new character, whose name is Keisha Vore, uh, is uh, also a rogue, and she knows Gedek. Uh, they uh, Gedek knew her when she was young, and kind of like pseudo, not completely Batman trained her. Um, <laughs> like she she definitely uh, had her own. Uh, uh, her own style to it and whatnot, but there is definitely a bit of his thievery in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I wanted to keep with the rogue, but change things up, but also change characters. Uh, the other people that we have in our group uh, are my buddy Kyle plays Jordan, who is actually Gedek's brother. Uh, they had similar things with uh, arcane tattoos and whatnot that came from their, uh, their, where, where they came from, I don't know. I don't know what word I was looking for there. Um, Nordic theme land. And, <laughs> yeah, Nordic theme land. There we go. Um, and then uh, Dusty, who has been on the show before uh, many a time, uh, you should go listen to his podcast, Shouting in Place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because I gave him that shout out, I will also say you should go look at uh, Wiz's Etsy store where she makes a lot of really cool RPG stuff. Yes. Um, so, and it's Wiz's Wondrous Workshop. Uh, items? Wondrous Items. There we go. Almost. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Dusty's character is Alicia, right? That's that's Alicia. his character. Alicia. I always screw that up. Alicia. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah. Jordan is a cleric, by the way. I forgot to say that. He's a bounty hunter cleric, mm-hmm. which, yeah, yeah, it works. Um, and uh, Alicia is a monk, and I don't remember what kind of monk, but she had come to Corvosa looking for her daughter, um, who had uh, gone missing. Mm-hmm. We ended up finding her, which was really cool. And we actually even had her in the group for a bit where, with Dusty playing two characters. Uh, but uh, but she, she's now... was like, go home. I'm your mother. Do as I say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so now, and then lastly, we we have uh, Caleb who is playing Badgerback. Yes. Who is uh, he's a gnome sorcerer. Is that what he is? Yes. Yeah. And I've known this dude for a real long time. He he makes insane characters, and I love it. And his name's Badgerback. It's just it's great. <laughs> He collects trophies. He's that kind of character. It's great. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, was his boyfriend uh, uh, play? Is he still playing Ted? Right. Yep. Like I didn't miss that. Okay. Oh yeah. He's playing Ted, who started off as the playtest investigator, and that wasn't working for him. So now he has he's turned into a barbarian, but he's still the same character because he like s- Captain America super soldiered himself. <laughs> more equate it to bruce banner except you don't go back <laughs> okay okay he's he's now uh, just kind of perma hulk well actually no he he's kind of yeah hulk is the best way to describe it because he's the type of barbarian that's the giant barbarian where mm. you can make yourself a size larger and he also literally carries oh, yeah, yeah, with him yeah. giant weapons like weapons made for giants that's true that's and true. so when he rages he can get really big and then he can go really back to normal size <laughs> So yeah, Ted um, was our Bruce Banner. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So that's our our Curse of the Crimson Throne group, and uh, it's, it's it's a lot of fun playing with them. Mm-hmm. And Second Edition is very different from uh, uh, from Five E, obviously, uh, but it's it's been a lot of fun seeing the differences. And you know, like we said at the beginning, we both cut our teeth on uh, uh, Fourth Edition, and. In my opinion, it's got a lot of 4th edition in there, and I enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 a lot of... I, I'm actually really enjoying Pathfinder 2E, just, like, as a system. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to it, but if you play the chess game right, it's like you can really build something in a half. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no, like, like Keisha, I'm, uh, I've built, and um, I had to kind of, like, plan it out but like i'm now okay this is gonna sound weird for fifth edition players but i now am a rogue with opportunity attack Ooh. and uh for for listeners who don't play second edition pathfinder opportunity attack is not a thing everybody gets uh it is an ability that fighters get and some monsters have uh but it's not just something you get to do so now me with a rogue, I'm just like, I'm just going to move around everywhere. Oh, you tried to run away. That's a bad idea. I'm going to cut your leg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not how she plays. That's not how I'm going to play her at all. Um, but yeah, no, like it, one of the things that I always heard with Pathfinder first edition was the importance for players of customization, which is funny because that's kind of the thing that was the bane of my existence playing first edition where I'm just like, there's too many options. I don't know what to do. I like, there's, there's so many things that when I pick what I want to do, I within three sessions feel like I picked the wrong thing. That was it. Yeah. Cause like there were so many things where it's like, Oh, you didn't pick this one. It's like, I didn't know that was in some random web page that's from a book that I've never heard of. I didn't know existed. Yeah. You I was supposed to pick that. It's like, no, you don't have to, but you should have. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Oh. And, and and so and like we're I'm kind of already getting that fatigue with second edition because like just last month I got three new books. I got the advanced players guide, I got the uh lost gods, and uh fuck, what's the other one? What are you? I don't know what you are. Um, <laughs> I got something else. Oh, the Legends book. The Legends book. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and they all have feats mm-hmm. and items in them. And I'm like, ah, 
this is I like I'm not gonna remember that you're in here when I'm making characters. Yeah. So I like that that part of it is irksome for me but then when i get to step back and look at the character that i created and like see all of the planning that i did to get where i wanted to be and have the character in a way that i'm i think is gonna work i hope is gonna work Mm -hmm. that feels really cool oh yeah like the thing i like about pathfinder 2e is with even with all its choices i feel like you're not forced to take certain ones in order to keep up with the things you're fighting like, I feel like mm-hmm. in first edition, if you didn't take like improved initiative, like at least once, it's like, ooh, you're never going to be in anywhere near the front or middle. Whereas like now, yeah. if you don't take improved initiative, it's fine because everything else kind of supports <laughs> it anyways. Um, so it's like, I feel like you're not, you're not missing out by customizing your character how you want. Yeah. At yeah. least so far. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure over the weeks you're gonna hear more about the the things that we're gonna be doing with our characters as we level up because we're at level ten right now, so we're at the mm-hmm. halfway point of you know at least character wise. I don't know how far we are now in the story because I don't know what level it actually goes up to, and that might have even changed with the conversion. So we'll f- we'll find out. We're get- we got things and stuff. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a, a quick break here uh, before we start talking about how uh, the games that we played this week went um, because we're gonna give away a uh, champion's loot code. Normally, this is gonna be in our everyday or not everyday. <laughs> God, that would be crazy. <laughs> our our weekly normal podcast of difficulty class, but because this is the first episode of previously on, we wanted to throw the code uh, over this way. So this week's code for champions loot, where you can put it in on any of the numerous platforms. Platforms uh, that Idle Champions is available on is A M M O D I V A R O R E. Put that code in Idle Champions, get a free gold chest on us, and they are celebrating their third anniversary right now. So you Yay. really should hop on and get those free chests, get a free outfit, celebrate this awesome game that is going on, and kick evil's butt. All right, um, let's uh, talk about our games. <laughs> we've talked about we we we've built them up. Yeah, they're, they're, they're everywhere. Um, but uh, but yeah. So, Allie, how were your games this week? So you know how I talked about Neverwinter and all those characters and stuff. Um, yeah, we didn't yeah. get to play those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I have dangled this awesome group in front of you, but you shall hear none of it today. Yeah, um, there was a couple reasons. Uh, one of our players' internet was just kind of just dropping like crazy, and we couldn't do anything about it. And so we're like, okay, this well, is during the time of COVID. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, okay, well then we'll just uh, play with the three of us. Um, so. It was my birthday yesterday when we were supposed to be playing this. And I'm like, well, I still want to play D&D, guys. Um, (laughs) I did get this shiny new book from my birthday. And I'm like, guys, how would you feel about playing Rime of the Frostmaiden? At least a couple missions. Oh, yeah. I saw you tweet about this Mm -hmm. uh, today that you ran one of them. And I was like, how did she fit that in so quickly? (laughs) This makes sense now. Uh (laughs) Yeah. um, So it was... It was actually a lot of fun because we all kind of quickly sat down, made first level characters. Um, There is, ooh, forgive me, the names of this one shot. Uh, There's Dahlia, who is a warlock. She's a warlock with the Pact of the Old Ones. Um, Oh, I keep saying she. They. um, She is... 
No, no, quick, 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 quick question. Yeah. Are, are we going to get into some spoilers here? Do I need to? Do I need to put a time count down? Um, you know what? I would say yes, but it's literally okay. for a single mission for the very first one of the first missions that you can do because there are possible so ten if, missions so, you can do. So if you watch IGN fifteen minutes on the uh, first fifteen minutes of you, like you know what you're getting into. But I'm still going to put a time code down, so we're going to yeah. put that in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So there is Dahlia, who is a warlock. There a drow and they were actually pretty much told hey if you sign a pact with me i can show you how to survive on the surface and so dahlia agreed and made a pact and they were shown icewind dale this perpetual night town and they're like oh well this is actually nice i can like stand out in the <laughs> surface this is cool and i don't have to be oppressed by my people and so she comes out like covered in sunscreen with sunglasses on she's like oh this actually isn't that bad i mean it's cold oh, as balls okay. but okay <laughs> <laughs> um and then there's uh alexander or alex uh he is a uh rogue <laughs> i don't want me casually <laughs> looking at the character sheet still in front of me um He's a rogue, but he's going to be a rogue slash cleric. That's his initial plan. Because uh, Spencer Spencer likes really making characters, and he already has like a level 1 through 10 plan for this guy, even though it was a one-shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's This checks out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Alex is a rogue with a heavy influence of the god Mask. And Mask, in my continuity canon, is currently dead. And so, um, however, Mask's divinity still applies out there in some mysterious way. And so there's still clerics and people that worship Mask. However, they're very much hush-hush about it. So you've got this rogue who's like, I'm on the run. I'm kind of a criminal. And then you have (laughs) Cass. Uh, My buddy Marcos played Cass. And (laughs) so something neat about Rime of the Frostmaiden is that each character can get a secret that's pertinent to the story. Um, it could be really like a heavy secret, like, hey, I was murdered and I was brought back to life. Or, hey, um, I can talk to owl bears for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Help. <laughs> I, w- I wish uh, people told me secrets in that format. Hey, um,. I did this thing. (laughs) Um, Another secret could be, yeah, I was on a ship and the ship was scuttled onto ice and I was uh, the only one to make it back to town. Not because everyone died, but because we all had to resort to cannibalism. Ooh. And so it's like, it's like your secrets can range from I'm a fan of Drizzt to I'm a fucking cannibal. (laughs) So it's like... So because it was a one shot and because all three of these guys really enjoy having fun with story and stuff, I'm like, they all wanted two secrets. And um, Cass, one of his two secrets was that he was a doppelganger. And he's. Oh, yeah. I saw that secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's out on the surface. And not only that, but he's actually been blessed by Oriel. And which means Ooh. that he's a doppelganger with cold resistance. But he's showing oh, as human cool. right now. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And so, like, they get into the first meeting and they're uh, pretty much the story starts off with you being able to choose one of two beginning quest lines to take. It's not a quest. It's a quest line. 
because there's a there's a process to get to the finish line. Um, and I, I asked him straight up. I'm like, okay, guys, you got two options. Uh, you can either go the pretty difficult route, which I've read ahead. Um, you you might die, or you can take the less difficult route, which I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but you know, it's there. And they're like, mm-hmm. they all shrugged and they said, let's do the difficult one. It's a one shot after all. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So we did the um, the one with Shevek, I think is his name, as the quest. Essentially, this person's going around towns and murdering people. And uh, a bounty hunter has uh, figured out who it is. And so the players have to go find this man and figure out how to take him down. Sounds like a simple quest. However, uh, this man it is allegedly blessed by the frost maiden much like how Cass is by the way and he's also pretty dangerous because he's the bodyguard mm-hmm. of the biggest fence in uh icewind dale the person that goes around and sells oh, all the stolen stuff so it's like torg torga wouldn't hire him unless he was good that's what the bounty hunter pretty much told him and they're like okay so i don't know if we're ready for this yet and i'm like okay so the, bo- the bounty hunter told you where this man would be um, do you want to go out right now in the cold and head out towards where the town is? Brennan, I think was the town that I said he was going to be in. And they're like, maybe that sounds like a good <laughs> idea because they were doing the math. They had a map in front of them and they're like, they're, they're measuring. They're like, it'll take us a day to get there. If we have snowshoes on, it'll take us a day and a half if we go across the road, the road but it'll only take us a half day if we go cut across the ice. And I'm like, yeah, you could go over the lake. You were just told that there might be some things under the lake. That's an option. I'm not putting it out against <laughs> you. And they're like, yeah, it sounds hella dangerous. I'm like, you could be. Um, because as a as a heads up with Icewind Dale, if you're planning on getting this this book, it's essentially the campaign is in a setting of perpetual darkness. Like imagine Alaska during the winter time, except it's been that way for two years. Yeah. So there's no daytime. Um, as soon as 2 PM hits the twilight of the day sets and it's full night. And so it was four, it was 4 PM and they're like, we can't really go out into the ice right now. Let's try to find a place to sleep. And, they started out in Lonelywood. Um, I, I personally chose Lonelywood because I know that city. Um, if you've read any of the Drizzt books, you know what Lonelywood is. But also, if you played the Neverwinter MMO, <laughs> you know <laughs> what Lonelywood is. Um, because you've been there and Caterbury is there. And, <laughs> you know, there's me being lazy with that again. But um, <laughs> Not lazy. Yeah, so the only inn in that entire town has actually closed. And as the players were looking at it, they're like, oh, why is it closed? A halfling kind of tugs on their cape and she says, hiya, I'm the speaker of this town. Are you guys looking for a place to stay? And they're like, yeah, actually. She's like, great. Um, I also have a proposition for you if you're willing to listen, uh, but let's talk over it at my place. And so she takes him to her house. It's warm. The first time they've been warm in like a week and a half. (laughs) And this halfling is the speaker. Um, names are a thing right <laughs> like i mentioned this was a one shot so i'm kind of like, i wonder eh. 
I'm wondering if this show is going to make us keep better notes because we're like, oh, oh yeah. crap, I got to talk about this on the show. Oh, my God. <laughs> when I get back to my Neverwinter game, it's going to be like mm, really good notes because I actually take notes. <laughs> <of that. laughs> uh, but like I said, this was just a one shot because we weren't going to be continuing this. But um, like the town speaker's called Nimsy Huddle and she pretty much tells him like, hey, our loggers are being terrorized by a white moose. Can you, like, go handle it? <laughs> ah, yes. The fear of the north. The great white moose. <laughs> That's exactly what the players were thinking. They're like, oh, it's a moose? Yeah, no, we can do that. I'm like, okay, cool. Great. So she gave them, the book literally says, she, she gives them baked halfling-shaped cookies and an offer to stay the night in her attic, which is always warm. And they're like, hell yeah. <laughs> Um, she also gave him a hundred gold if they would come back proof that the moose is dead because that's, they, they depend like the entire town, Lonelywood depends on the forest for their survival. Um, because they're the most Northern town of 10 towns in Icewind Dale, which means they pretty much get hit with the cold, like the most, which is ridiculous to sound, but on top of that, they're usually a fishing town, and with it being winter for two years straight, their food is slim pickings. They're also a tiny town, so they don't have a much people to help. And with people being murdered left and right by this moose, they can't afford that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this uh, casual, can you hunt the rats in the basement has turned into a, we need you to or else we'll all die. <laughs> <laughs> so the players are like, Doing the math, thinking, okay, if we go after the moose, we can handle that tonight. Um, that shouldn't be a problem. And then we can go after Sephic tomorrow. Because we weren't going to leave tonight anyways. Mm-hmm. So they go out into the forest. Um, Cass tries to track this moose. Um, they fail a few times. And honestly, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be straight here. A little critical of the book, straight out the bat. They could have died on the way to the moose. Jesus. I decided not to, but. (laughs) (laughs) I chose life for my players. Uh (laughs) That's going to be a common theme in this beginning quest before they get to the beginning quest. Just to let you know. (laughs) Um, Jesus. They track the moose. Uh, You have to pass a DC 15 survival check to find the tracks. And then you have to roll a d6. And then if you roll a six, you actually get to where the moose is. If you don't, it leads to an ordinary moose. And then if you don't meet that dc15, you get a forest encounter. And there's a table there. One of them, and the first one that they rolled, was a banshee. Oh my god! At level one. (laughs) Oh my god! A banshee. And you mean the thing that can just, if you fail a save, you die. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, by the oh way, it God. wields a spectral longbow that shoots phantom arrows. What? And these ranged spell attacks functions like the Banshee's corrupting touch. So she's Holy ranged. Sh- she corruption touch. She's ranged. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's some, like, Tomb of Annihilation shit. This is level one. This is before they even get to their first quest. (laughs) Oh, my God. So they're like, okay, I decided 
I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> um, instead, they ran into a cave and inside was a brown bear. And they kind of picked up that it wasn't a moose tracks that they were following after a bit. They're like, okay, let's not actually go into this cave. Let's let's go out. I'm like, good call, because that was a brown bear. So oh my God. then they tracked the moose again and they actually did figure out where it was supposed to go and where it actually leads to, um, which leads to this wild, really cool looking um, map of like, of a, it's called the Elven Tomb. Um, mm. it's, it's like, there was, there was some piezo level descriptor words in here that I was like, hang on. <laughs> Listeners, we, we, we kind of joke sometimes about the flowery or, or, uh, or thesaurus level words that Paizo uses in some of their block tags. Though, don't get me wrong, tnt has been guilty of it from time to time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, like, let me just, uh, so, the, the tracks lead to a large circular indentation in a snowy hillside. Rising from the middle of the circle is a triangular gnomon of beautiful carved crystal. A what, what? And I'm like, what's that? So I Google it and I show my players and I'm like, oh, it's like a sundial. It's that little triangle piece in the middle of a sundial. It's like, oh, oh, okay. Okay. But then I go to the part that describes the actual moon dial and it says, rising from the center of the depression is a tall triangular crystal gnomon. Dash, a device one typically finds in the middle of a sundial. <laughs> I'm like, why didn't you, why didn't you do that over there when I was first introducing this? <laughs> I like that. Um. There's also a few peculiar things about this elven tomb. Uh, as you can imagine, it's a tomb, so there are actually sarcophagi here. Um, mm -hmm. There's one in particular that's straight up a full puzzle. It's not really a puzzle. It's more of a collect the pieces and you'll open the case. Um, there, It's like there's images on pillars next to the sarcophagus that's like, oh, it's a twig, a pine cone, a flame, a feather, and a humanoid hand. Oh, as you do. And there's a brassiere, conveniently, just to the left, where you're supposed to put all these things to open the sarcophagus. Um, fun fact, if you open it somehow, if you get a human hand to be sacrificed in there, um, you get a mummy as a friend. As a friend? As a friend. Yep. Um, so this mummy is chaotic oh good and is acclimated to cold weather. It follows the commands of its liberators. I would say we're definitely getting into the spoiler zone on this because yeah. <laughs> I can see players listen to this and be like, I'm cutting off my fucking hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's that. They're all like, okay, well, we can get back to that. And so they go check out this moon dial situation. This is really gorgeous. Like I said, it's a gorgeous map. There's the phases of the moon that track all around. And I kind of decided like, oh, you're you're getting close to the new moon. And so I even told them where this, the moon dial was pointing. They're like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and then they saw a hole in the wall. And they're like, oh, well, let's go check a it out. A hole in the wall. Yeah, it's like pitch black in there, so they can't see. And they go up to it. They send the uh, drow forward. They're like, can you look in there? She peeks her head, and she sees the white moose just 20 feet away from her. But oh, jeez. Yeah, along with this white moose, though, however, is like ton of other creatures that are in there like um there's little baby bears there's rabbits there's foxes there's squirrels there's all kinds of little critters that are sleeping cohesively in this little area and the moose like st stands up and kind of takes a step forward 
the warlock, Dahlia, they're like, oh, God, I'm going to try to talk to it. And I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, God, I'm going to try and talk to it. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to try to talk to it telepathically. I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. Um, so what's the requirement for you to be able to talk with it? Like, can it understand you? And Taylor, who was telling me, was like, as long as it speaks a language, it doesn't have to be the same language, it can understand me. And I'm looking at this stat block, and there in the languages, it says, Druidic, for this moose. And I'm like, hell yeah. Oh! <laughs> I'm happy about this, because, um, uh, you know, this stat block of this white moose. It's CR3. Just putting that out there for a level one encounter. Yeah. Um, first, it has 68 hit points. So it would take at oh least boy. at least seven on hit, like, attacks for them to take it down. And that's if they're Jesus. rolling well. After that, it has the charge ability. It's not an action. So if it moves in a straight line, it can deal 2d8 bludgeoning damage and knock someone prone Dead. at level one. So right now we're at an average of nine. And then it can attack. And guess what? It has multi-attack. <laughs> Holy shit! This moose can make two attacks. It can make an antlers and a hooves attack. And on average, That's murder. The antlers is thirteen damage, and the hooves is nine damage. Oh my god! So in one turn, this moose can deal. Let's see, uh, eight twenty plus thirteen, like thirty-one damage in one go, in one turn. Insta killed. It can kill all three party members. <laughs> Because the warlock was the beefiest of the three at, sitting at 11 yeah. hit points. So I'm like, oh, thank God she's talking to it. Because <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest, I didn't see how they were going to be able to do this. Because there was only one other way that they could have avoided it. And that would be if they camped out and watched the area for an hour. They would see the moose leave. Mm -hmm. And then they could go investigate the place where it came from and maybe set up a trap or two. Mm -hmm. But instead... Instead, Delilah t talked to it. Dahlia. Dahlia talked to it. <laughs> this moose talked back, and they were all surprised. And they're like, okay, well, what's it saying? And apparently the moose was saying, the humans will suffer for they are taking more than the forest can provide. Oh. And they will die for that until it is back to balance. And Dahlia's like, okay, that's fair, but, you know, they're just <laughs> trying to survive, just like all these creatures are. And the moose is like, no, no, you don't understand. These creatures take what nature gives them, nothing more. Therefore, balance mm. must be restored. Oriel deems it so. And mm. it's like, oh, so this moose in particular has a connection to the Frost Maiden already. Ah, that's cool. And when that name was dropped, Dahlia was like, shit, guys, I think we actually have to go. Because I feel like if this moose is actually a representation of Oriel or is like an avatar, we can't fuck with it. Not for no. power's sake, but because it would bring bad luck, not just to us, but to Ten Towns. 
if mm-hmm. we killed this moose. I think we have to just go and tell the speaker. And the party, thankfully, was like, I think you're right. We have something else we need to do anyways. Let's tell the speaker, because that's the right thing to do. Tell her that if she can, try to get them to stop logging as much as they can. And hope for the best for this town. So they left. Wow, nice. They, the moose gave him a chance saying, if you leave, I will not harm you because you're not here. You're not locals. You're not the people that are causing the problem. So the moose Wait, gave him a chance. Wait, are you trying to tell me a D&D party did the smart thing and didn't go into the fight and just walked away with the information they had? Yeah. You want to know why it was shocked. even... I, I'm shocked. Do you want to know why it was a really, really smart idea? Because what? after this CR3 moose... If they hang out in the area for, like, a second more, or if they even battled the moose in the area, guess who, uh, you know, brought the moose out? No. No. It's not as bad as you think, but it's pretty bad. It's a frost druid. Oh, okay. This frost druid is a CR5. Oh, my God. This frost druid doesn't give any chance of surrender or talking. Gives no shits. Because... Literally, she busts out. She climbs onto the sarcophagus when characters enter and shouts, In common, ten towns will be destroyed, if not by my hand, then by Frost Maidens. Then she attacks, fighting to the I death. I imagined you said that, and it sounded all cool, but for some reason in my head, I imagined it with like the dubbed voice of MXC. <laughs> where like she just came out there's like I'm gonna kill everyone in 10 towns alright <laughs> <laughs> runs into the boulder you know it's like yes. yeah <laughs> so it's like that's awesome if they did it, if they fought this moose they'd have to fight and take down this moose but then after that they'd have to take down this druid immediately afterwards who also has an awakened shrub with her oh, and my god yeah. wizards just want our players dead so Sly Flourish has been uh, tweeting rather a lot about it the past couple days about how this first chapter is the deadliest chapter he's seen out of any book. And that's, that's including crazy. the Lost Minds of Fendelver, the number one TPK encounter, which is the first encounter with the Goblin Ambush. And it's like, he feels like this tops it. Not this. Wow. Not, not this particular one either. He's talking about like six out of the ten possible starting quests can totally murder your entire party. That's crazy. <laughs> so if you're That's planning crazy. on running the Ice Maiden, keep that in mind, especially if you're a first-time DM. Maybe perhaps yep. don't go straight from the book. Consider yeah. being nice to your players, especially since they're all level one. Consider being nice. I like that. Especially since they're supposed to go through two of these quests or even just one of these quests in order to get back onto that main quest which Jesus. is taking down the murderer that's crazy that's crazy because this murderer and i told my players this i'm like yo this dude Sephic, yeah he's also a cr3 but he's got 75 hit points he's got multi-attack also by the way he regenerates health oh my god so <laughs> all right all right <laughs> But yeah, they're supposed to be level two technically when they fight him, but the book doesn't make that clear, but I digress. Yeah. So they go back to Lonelywood. They go find the uh, town speaker, Nimsy Huddle, and they knock on her door and they say, hey, listen, this is what happened. We need to tell you this. She is sad 
naturally because she sent out these people in hopes that her problems would be solved and it turns out she has a bigger problem than she thought because she agrees with the characters if they take down this moose then Oriel's wrath itself might be might be honed in on Lonelywood and and Nimsy mm. doesn't want that at all so she understands she tells them I can give you more cookies but I can't give you the money for this and they're like we get it so she lets them stay for the night and they that that's that's pretty much where we ended it okay because that's That's still a lot of stuff and a lot of good stuff yeah the fact that they got out of this fight by talking with a moose that shouldn't have talked with them was just beyond wild and it's one of the reasons why i love D &D, because i could not have planned for that for the life of me i love it i love it Mm -hmm. but that that's uh that's pretty much what i got to play this Wednesday. So, so my my group. I'm I, okay. Listen, I'm sorry. You're gonna hear my chair squeak. I'm gonna pick up my mic. We're gonna lean back a little bit because we're 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 gonna you know I'm gonna adjust the camera so you can see me. We're gonna go back a little bit. So my group is in lost or lost my uh sent sent to Avernus. Also, I realized I'm an asshole and a jerk because I forgot to mention another player in our group because I I well actually I realized. Oh my god, I screwed this up. So the group that I have right now, we're gonna we're gonna retcon this. This is what it is. My group right now is uh Violet, who's my sister, uh Uthal, who is Kyle St. James. Uh then we have Hurley, who uh is uh Alex's character, who is actually Herc's half brother. Then there is Dagri, who is uh played by my uh brother in law Nick, and then there is Marcaeus, who's Kyle, and Cesar, who's Thomas. So that's my group right now. That's who I got. They're in hell. <laughs> and um, so we did the Wandering Emporium, which is supposed to be a caravan of war machines. I didn't think that was cool enough. So I put a giant freaking bazaar on a Tarask's back. Nice. Because I thought that was cool. That is cool. <laughs> so so they go there. That we, I, I talked about this on the show. Uthal bought an abyssal chicken and a slug man. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. Yep. Uh, then, as they were leaving, the owner of it, um, uh, the, the uh, Mahadi, uh, he comes out because he was talking with with Cesar. He was like, "Hey, uh, oh, actually, here, I'll do this for you." So I realized that the dude in the picture kind of looked like the Drifter from Destiny, <laughs> and then I realized what I was setting up, and so I was just like, "Hey, by the way, the, the Mahadi's voice is the Drifter now." And so I I started talking like this. How you guys doing? And uh, and he and so he go he goes over to him. And he's just like, before you leave, do this for me real quick. Put your hand up and say these words like I am. And so he does, and he casts Eldritch Blast. Cesar's a bard. Oh. And and he's like, uh, what? And he's like, that's what I thought. You've probably been feeling a little weird since you got into Avernus. Congratulations, warlock. You got spells now. <laughs> and so. He has a patron and doesn't know who it is. And because and the, the whole reason I did the drifter thing is because I got to say congratulations, Warlock. Yep. Um, <laughs> and uh, so he doesn't know what the hell's going on with that. They get in the war machine. They set off. They're going to Harriman's Hill to try and figure out Lulu's dreams. But they also got a lead. Oh, okay, so this is another fun thing. This is how my stories are going to be now that I'm unlocked. I'm just going to be all over the fucking place. Yeah. While they were at the Wandering Emporium, they wanted to get upgrades for the war machine. And we had a session in, we had like a session break between when they found out. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to get so much cool shit. All right, we're going to get this, 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 and this. I'm like, okay, I'll get you guys the price next game. 
we get to the next game. They're loaded, by the way. They <laughs> they have a shitload of money. And I come up with them with, that'll be 48,000 gold. Ooh. And they go, oh, shit. <laughs> so uh, one, of the, one of the people at the forge tells them that, hey, if you get a drop of Tiamat's blood, we'll give it to you for free. Ooh. And there happens to be a man named Archon the Cruel who has a, a vial of blood around his neck. So they're going to go try and get that eventually. But they're, right now they're focusing on the Sword of Zarya. So they're going, to, they're going to Harmon's Hill. They get there. It's all fucked up. There's metal trees with knights impaled on them who are hell riders who went into hell with Zariel. And uh, one of the players, uh, Marqueus, uh, Kyle's character, he is, uh, he is a hell rider. He's a current hell rider. So he's just like, oh, shit. They go up there and they start talking to one of the guys. They find out some information, and then just all hell breaks loose. So they're they're sturges. They're called sturges, right? Yes. Like mosquito thing. Mosquito yeah. guys. Sturges are are all over the place. They start going crazy and start attacking everyone, and then flying in the sky on a fucking nightmare is Haruman. Ooh. And he rounds around and comes down, and Kyle immediately jumps into action. He's got a holy Avenger. He fucking starts fighting. And as soon as he starts fighting, and it has this in the book, it's real fucking cool. As soon as he starts fighting, Haruman rate, uh, like, uh, does this little flourish with his hand, and a new metal tree pops up out of the ground, and uh, Marqueus' name in infernal red glowing letters appears on the ground in front of it. I'm like, yeah, sick. Wow. <laughs> Which then Marqueus scales to get up with the nightmare and keep fighting Haruman. So I want, I want to make this clear. This is when we rolled initiative. <laughs> this is when we started initiative. Uh-huh. So they start fighting. They keep going. They do cool shit like freaking Cesar falls to the ground, casts Thunder Wave up, blows a bunch of Sturges away. Um, uh, okay, this is a long story. Uthal whistles and calls his nightmare over. That's a thing. Um, <laughs> but while this is happening, Violet, who is with Lulu, Lulu is a, a Holly Funt who is a very important character that travels with the characters. Mm-hmm. Um a hell wasp comes out of this nest off in the distance and just snatches Lulu and starts flying away. No. And Violet's like, fuck no. So she ha- she activates her winged boots, starts going after uh, uh, the hell wasp. Haruman sees this, starts going after her. Uthal sees this, starts going after him. So now we've got people in the air and then we've got people on the ground fighting Sturges. You've got a full-on Scooby-Doo chase in the air. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I could go into detail about everything that happened here, but essentially the wasp gets to the nest. Cesar casts command on Haruman. It passes, uh, or no, sorry. uh, Well, his spell passes. The dude failed and he makes Haruman come back and bow. Oh. So they now have split it so that they only got to worry about the hell wasp over here. Haruman comes back, bows, and does this like weird look at Cesar, just kind of like there's something different about you and then Marqueus comes up with his holy avenger and kills this dude who's been causing all of this pain and suffering to the souls of these hell knights for so long um then in the hell wasp nest they're in there they kill the thing they get lulu she's crying and uh <laughs> fucking uh Uthal's like okay um i've uh i'm gonna give lulu to violet uh and then i'm going to have beans because that's the name of the nightmare of course it's beans uh-huh. uh shift planes to the astral plane oh so he does that and leaves her alone then uh now we that's where one session ends 
we pick up still an initiative. <laughs> but my sister couldn't make it, so I'm like, oh, cool. I can just, you know, have her. I can do, uh, I can have other stuff happen with her. So they are off on, on the ground. Sturges are dead and everything. But uh, the hell wasps are still there and everything. So they start going over, get to the nest, while some of them go down to the um, the war machine and some of them are shooting harpoons and whatnot. Um, and Daggery gets into the hell nest and finds that Violet has been knocked out. She has uh, uh, Lulu, but now the hell wasps are like sticking her to the wall with like that Ooh. weird like vomit stuff that they make yeah. their nests out of. Um, but meanwhile, uh, so uh, Uthal went to the astral plane. And I'm going to be real with you and the listeners real quick. I don't understand the astral plane really at all. <laughs> and I, and I kind of just think of it as like the, the ghost world. Uh, so, so doing that, I made this quick decision in my head that the astral plane, when entered from Avernus, takes you to a ghost version of the material plane. Oh. And I also connected that in my head with Minecraft, where the nether is all weird with where things are. So I just had him pop up in Waterdeep because I thought that'd be funny because it's somewhere that he knows. This is all just going quickly because I, 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 again, don't know Astral Plane. Mm -hmm. But then he goes, I'm going to go to our tavern and start fucking with someone. <laughs> well, I'm here. They did, they did, well, they, <laughs> well, they're going to their rival tavern who they now own and cause tremendous Yes. Mental harm to that poor man. I remember. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, long story short, back in Avernus, they get uh, Violet and Lulu. They get out of there. But uh, the the war machine or, is now moving and go went under the nest while they're trying to shoot the wasps. And then Cesar had the really cool idea of, like, I'm going to swing. I'm going to try and do, a, a like, a, a Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift and swing the wrecking ball on the back into one of them. I'm like, that's cool as shit. Let's yeah. try it. He rolled a one. Oh. <laughs> and so I was like, let's have something fun happen. There's chains that are holding uh, that are holding the, the nest in the air while it's trying to float away and it's holding it down. The wrecking ball wrapped around one of them. <laughs> oh, no. So now he's stuck. Um, and then in the astral plane... I made the quick decision of like, okay, I could just have him sitting here and fuck around and, and cause mental trauma to this poor man named Eric, who's not Eric. Um, or I could do something fun. <laughs> and when Trevor thinks fun, he thinks uh, screwing things up. So he possesses Eric <laughs> to try and mess with him. No. Poor Eric. Oh. And then feels something grab him and Pull him out. Ooh. And he turns around and now in the astral plane is facing Asmodeus, the Lord of the Nine Hells. Ooh. So he wants, and Asmodeus says, I want to talk to you. And so he snaps his fingers and they're suddenly in this like demi-plane living room. And uh, so Asmodeus explains that he knows who Uthal is and where he was because that nightmare that he stole from a Narzagong, that Narzagong was working for him. Oh. So he has a connection to it and he wants, uh, he doesn't want Uthal to have that nightmare. He wants it to, you know, be part of what's going on and whatnot. Uh, but he said, luckily, normally I deal in souls. And um, this is not the voice that I did for him. That would be weird. <laughs> um, 
luckily, there's something I want in your group. Specifically, someone. Oh. I want you to get Cesar to come to this specific spot in Avernus. That's all you need to do. If you do that, Beans is yours forever, even in death. Oh. But if you don't, if Cesar does not go there, then uh, when you leave Avernus, he stays here. Ooh. And I know St. James, he loves that nightmare. He loves it. So I, I immediately know, I'm just like, I'm fucking with you hard and I'm enjoying this. Um, so, but here's the great thing. Cesar's player is there. We're still in Discord. He hears this. This and I was like, we are exercising player knowledge versus character knowledge here, mm-hmm. which is not the first time we I've done that in my group, and it's it's always worked out pretty well. Your experiences may vary, listener. Yeah. Um. So, Uthal agrees. Ooh. Uh, and is now going to try and get say. Uh, part of the deal was you cannot tell him that Asmodeus is behind it. You cannot tell him the reason why you're trying to get them to go there. Because, of course not. That would just be too easy. Um, (laughs) So, out in Avernus, Cesar puts the pedal to the metal. I have him roll for it. Amazing things happen. And he takes off going and pulls on the chain so much that it pulls itself out of the nest. Oh. Um, And then... Uh, God, some more stuff happened. People cast spells. Essentially what happened was the hell, the, the hell wasp nest, uh, has dead angels in it that keep Mm -hmm. it flying. So all the chains got broken. And so the nest just started flying up into the air on fire. Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then Uthal popped back into existence was like, Oh, Hey guys, what I miss. And, um, and then they went off to. Uh, the spawning tree, which is uh, the next part of the adventure that they're going to. They met a a, a, a demon who, or he's a devil, a devil who uh, hit himself in the head at one point and uh, his alignment changed to good. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, it was really cute. And they he, he was getting made fun of by other bearded devils and they came in there. It, well, damn it, I got to tell this. <laughs> Uthal used his hat of disguise and uh, Cesar used major image, and they made themselves look like bearded devils. And so they went over there and started commanding them, the other ones around, like they were the ones in charge, and inti- rolled a nat 20 on an intimidation. Oh, nice. So they, uh, <laughs> uh, Uthal was just like, I am so disappointed in you. I want you to dig holes and bury yourself in them. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought about, like, you know, that's not the worst punishment the devils probably had. No. Um, and uh, the last thing that happened was they found out that if anyone's going to know where the Bleeding Citadel is, uh, it's probably going to be this really weird wizard that sometimes shows up in Avernus. Oh, yeah. I think his name is Mordekainen. Ooh. I love so, it. So that's where I am. And I, I had it. The last session was an absolute blast. I really loved uh, the stuff that my players came up with, and I loved just throwing the Lord of the Nine Hells in and and connecting some stuff in there, and yeah. uh, and and seeing how this goes. Because I like I love you know I love running pre written campaigns, but I also love fucking with them. Oh yeah, I also love just throwing shit in there. <laughs> campaign adjacent, this is great. <laughs> campaign adjacent, exactly. Mm-hmm. Man, that was a lot of talking. Yeah. Whew. <laughs> I'm so excited um, to hear what happens next, because holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I honestly, part of me is like, I kind of want you to just keep running that frost meeting game. I want to know what happens next. I want to well, know like, what they do. Yeah, my friends were literally like, "Are we gonna? Are we gonna keep playing this game?" I'm like, "If it's just the three of us again, why not? <laughs> we'll have these characters. It. We'll play it if we need to." I love it. I love having backup characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I think that's gonna do it for this first test maybe continuing episode of previously on like we we both really love the idea of this because mm-hmm. we both love talking about our games and like we said we love hearing about people's games so we thought it'd be fun to do a sideshow that was more in depth about that yeah because I mean, like- we can we can give you the quick recap and whatnot every week but that's i mean that's just kind of filling time <laughs> yeah here we are like an hour later we can talk about our games like we're the kind of people yeah. that love to chat about it because in the now end we just have to hope people find it entertaining <laughs> oh yeah i mean like cause in the end they're stories and they're they're really special stories to us because they're stories that our friends made with us i just had an idea hmm. wouldn't it be cool if uh, sometimes on previously on, we had some listeners write in with their own stories, <gasps> and we read them here on the show. Story time! I love it. I'd do it. I'd read so, it. So <laughs> you know what, listeners? Uh, for let, let, let's put this call out for the for this episode. Write into difficultyclass@gmail.com if you want us to read one of your stories of something that happened in one of your games. Send it in. We'll take a look at it, and uh, and and we might read it on the show because I think that could be really fun. And especially like if we we pick readers and stuff, the other one might not know, so we get like new surprises and stuff. Like that. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that could be really fun. So yeah, send those into difficultyclass@gmail.com, and, and we'll see what we can do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's going to do it for this first episode of Previously On. We really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we had a lot of fun recording, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to keep doing. Uh, goes up every sun or Saturday morning. Currently, that could change because this is a see-how-it-goes sort of thing. So if you do like this, please let us know because that's the only way that we're going to know to keep doing it and to keep putting effort into making it every week. Mm-hmm. So if you like Previously On... Please let us know, leave a review, uh, tweet at us, retweet us, just some way to let us know that you're enjoying this. Um, And by next time, we'll have a better outro. But for right now, just have a good game. Just wanted to say really quick that the sound effects and music that you heard in this episode were from Sirenscape. You can check them out at www.sirenscape.com and find some really awesome sound effects for your game like this.